Hi, everybody. Welcome to May I Interrupt. A uh, slightly irreverent discussion with some of the experts in the contact lens, dry eye, and other optometric fields. My name is Craig Norman. My co-host here is Dr. Jason Jedlicka. And we hope over the next few minutes to have an interesting discussion with you of what we think is one of the up-and-coming uh, leaders and technical contact lens fitters within the contact lens field. Uh, Jason, before we uh, get started, do you want to talk a little bit about your favorite subject, which is the, well, may you, I interrupt, merchandise? You know what I, first of all, that's the Oculus logo, and I do want to thank <laughs> Oculus for supporting this. This is, may I interrupt, Craig, I see. see that? How that's uh, now I got it. Yeah. Okay. That's, this is the man. Uh, no, I, but actually what I wanted to say was that introduction you just did. Yes. That was probably the most coherent intro you've done this whole season. It is. I've been thinking like season two, it's been struggle, you know, on these intros, but that yeah. was beautiful, man. You, I'm working on it, man. You're getting I'm, better. We're, it only I, took I, us to like our sixth episode I know, to get one I, down. I, I, I'm That's working impressive. on it. No, no, I'm good. Thanks for letting me uh, ride shotgun with you I, here. So. I am feeling pretty good that yeah. uh, Jason is saying something nice about me. It yeah. makes me feel good, but it makes and, me extremely nervous. Yeah, and at, well, at you haven't had any moment. wine yet either. So. No wine yet. Yeah. The only wine so far have been the other three episodes we taped where you were whining through most of them. Maybe I'll have Ursula go get me a, that Samuel Adams Oktoberfest is pretty good. I could stand I, one of I those see. while we're at it. So okay. since this is our last episode of the day. Okay, so let's welcome our guest. Yes. Dr. Brooke Messer. Come here, Brooke, how hello, are you? Hello, Come into our den. Hey, Jason. Hi there. Hi, Greg, how's it going? Long time. <laughs> Come so, on in. I'm glad you called for those beers. That's, yeah, well, you know, about time. I wouldn't let Craig have one if we had more to do, but this is our last one, and so, you know, for the day I was waiting for sure that since my wife Ursula is who we sent to get the cocktails, that oh, yeah, she no. would be cutting me off. Oh, so, that's uh, true. Which is usually the way that Well, and Ursula's so good at, at taking care of business, so I was right. like, uh, I, I wouldn't ask you to do it. No, no. So, Anyways, folks, we're here at the American Academy of Optometry. Very exciting place. This is day two here. Lots going on. Yeah, one of the most important things that's happening, though, is we're getting to revisit and not only uh, talk to, uh, but get to get a hug here and there and a handshake of people we haven't been able to really get together with for a couple of years. And it's fantastic. Feels good, yep. for yep. sure. So Dr. Brooke Messer is with us today. We would, uh, I'm going to ask you in a second to talk about your history. Sure. Uh, but just to let everybody know, if you don't know this already, these two work together for quite a period of time. So that uh, they might be interesting in the way that they answer to the same question about the same story. And <laughs> I, I, I dig up a lot. Of, did dig up a lot of dirt that I plan on bringing I'm up sure. today. So. Well, it just it just tells you a lot about Brooke that she could put up with working with me for like four years. So. That's what we said for the whole time. Correct. Yes. 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 So, so Brooke. Yeah. Tell us what's going on. Where are you at today? How did yeah. you get there? So I'm currently in West Fargo, practicing at Vance Thompson Vision. It's like an OD, MD, co-management yeah. It's place. funny you don't sound like you're from Fargo, though. Well, it's because I spent some time in California previously. That's where uh, I went to I optometry school. That's where I lost the O. You shaped out your yeah, Fargo accent. Yeah, I did. Accent. I gotcha. cleaned that okay. up. Good. Um, so I did my optometry school in California, residency in California, and that's where I met you. So actually, we go further back than Jason and I do. And it looks like we have a special delivery. Quality over quantity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love Thank the Oktoberfest. 
this is the quantity, <laughs> this is the quality. And um, so the, I think the coolest thing about the two of you and being with you guys is that um, during my residency, it was, you know, Ursula that said, you know, so maybe not you much as much Urs, but right. she was the one that said, do you know Jason in Minneapolis? Because she knew I sort of wanted to get right. back to the Midwest area. And that was, you know, that was it. So we started emailing and then all of a sudden, before you know it, I was up there practicing alongside Jason and we had a nice little thing going for a while before kind of changed. When you say change. a thing going, you mean, yeah. you mean, a, you had a nice... We had a nice working practice. relationship we in did. the office. Yeah. Be careful, Craig. <laughs> you haven't had any wine yet. I, no. I, okay. no. Yes. I just wanted to clarify that for anybody that yeah. was going to make yes, some leap. No. We had, we had uh, such a great time in clinic together. Amazing yeah. staff, uh, great patients. And students. Collaborative. We, you know, we yes. had lots of interns who rotated through our practice. And so, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I did notice, though, that Jason, that once Brooke joined your practice, yeah. you got much smarter. Well, so yeah. how, did, how did that happen? Osmosis, uh, Q&A, help me with this one, yes. I don't know, a multitude of ways. Yeah. Plus, took a lot of the burden off running a practice off of, of me. So freed me up to actually think clearly once in a while, maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. that right. was definitely some of the best years in, in my career so far. And, I, and really I know fun. this from what you guys have said all through the years. It was such a fun time. It was. And yeah. And of course, at the same time, it's been interesting on oh, how, here's the, another delivery. how the paths have changed. Mm -hmm. uh, the service here yes. at the American Academy of Optometry is phenomenal. It is. It's unmatched. And, mm -hmm. um, so uh, I am fascinated uh, that it was your practice. You worked together. Yep. Mm -hmm. You acquired the practice. But now you have got yes. rid of the practice. Yes. Yep. And this is how you're now in uh, North in Dakota. Fargo. Yeah, I was just ready for a career change. And of course, I called up Jason and was like, I need, I think I need your blessing to do this. And we chatted for a long time and we both agreed that it was what was best for me professionally and for our family, uh, for my family. And then, um, so then I landed at Vance Thompson Vision and doing lots of cornea stuff there, yeah. still lots of contact lenses. Um, and then, you know, everything else that comes along with the surgical practice. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know that you had told me once about um, during your rotations, you ended up in Utah. Yes. Right. Yep. And you worked with Harold Olufsen. Yep. Also, uh, amazing. One of a, a premier contact lens yeah. guy. You know? And a great golfer. Yeah. Seriously, mm -hmm. didn't know that much. Yep. That uh, really a good guy, and and uh, what a great person to learn from as mm -hmm. well. Huh? Yeah. yeah. There was a time when uh, the Dr. Moshefar, like one of the best cornea docs out there came down and looked at Harold. I'm pretty sure it was motion for Anyway, he came down and said, Harold, you are the man. And I was like, dang, like, how does this guy say that to right. just like us little measly contact lens fitters? And right. it was a complex patient that ended up doing amazing after having some difficult surgeries and then got a specialty contact lens. And that was kind of a turning point for me when I said, when I thought, you know, man, like, how do I get to that point where mm -hmm. you can be sort of equal to an ophthalmology and what you can deliver to a patient? Right. And um, you know, sort of close that long history for a patient and you know, finally get them to that finish right, line. Right, right. Well, that's what specialty contact lenses does, right? It's an area that ophthalmology knows not much about, doesn't want to know anything about, but no. needs to have a, a partnership Correct. with somebody to yep. take care of it. Yep. Right. No, that's a given. And that's the beauty of, of when optometry embraces a specialty and, and 
then can say, you know, this is this is what we can do. The ophthalmology can bring what they can do, and we both work better when we're doing what we're best at. Mm -hmm. So, yep. So, tell me about the new gig. Are um, you settling into? Um, yeah. Not number one, not running a practice, being closer to your family. You're in a premier uh, facility, you know, Vance Thompson mm -hmm. Group. Right? Yep. So how's that going? Um, it's going really well. I think, uh, you know, first off, I'm so grateful to be closer to my family. You yep. know, I can throw my kids in the car, drive a few hours to see my parents, where before it was an entire day's drive. So I would never do that by myself. So now when Brian, my husband, goes, you know, off to do his hunting or other hobbies, then I can take the kids and go see my parents. And even with COVID, we made more trips home this past year than, right. than usual. So that's awesome. And then as far as uh, work goes. So um, goal one was achieved, right? Yeah, for that, yeah, right? for Good. sure. And, um, you know, not running a practice definitely allows you to put that good energy elsewhere. And so, you know, I started the diplomate process this year and um, took some tests while I was here and uh, kind of checking that off the list. Um, and also just starting to think differently. And I'd love to, you know, one of my goals was to contribute something back. So I want to look into doing a study or publishing a paper, you know, right. finding something kind of like what Jason has done with the Zen lens. Like I, my next thing is I want to put a mark on optometry, you know, in the same way, right. hopefully the contact lens industry. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's been really good because again, I have a great team there and obviously any toy that you could need to measure the cornea or yeah. contact lenses, it's all there. Um, and a very supportive group as well. You know, the ophthalmologist that I work alongside every day basically says, like, if you need it, like, let's do it. You know, if it interests you, let's build that. And um, another thing that's fun too is I have my first resident this year. So we have, um, yeah. we've started that process too. And right. so just things that allow me to use that energy and that, you know, what normally was eaten up by stress that I can, you know, do something right. way more positive. So you have one resident right mm -hmm. and so you're on the path to make it a approved residency yep, yep. This it is takes our, like, a while right a couple of two or three years so. yeah it's our inaugural resident so um you know we found him outside the match because uh, right. we're not official just yet but we're in process of forming you know what are the academic um right. obligations of the residency and how many, how do they see patients and um and then uh, both in the surgical and contact lens aspect of it. Right. And you, are you going to have to associate with an optometry school? Partner yes. with them somehow, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have to log in, you know, all the classical residency visits and make sure that they're meeting yeah. all that criteria. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of working through that right now with, um, with the help of a few mentors, um, you know, other residency advisors. And, um, uh, yeah, so we're, we're chugging along and hopefully right. within... Um, we're going to be in the match this this year, I think. Um, and then as far as accreditation, you might be able to tell me more about when that comes around, but um, how many years of uh, you know patient logging and things they need. But um, we're just getting started and we'll go right. from there. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you're talking about the Diplomate program. Mm -hmm. And so of course, Jason, you're deeply involved in this as well, as far as testing and preparing and so on. So how, how is that going for you right now? Um, it's good. In order to take the written test and the practical, um, which I did, you know, in the last couple weeks, I took the written two weeks ago, the practical today. Um, you have to have one case report submitted and accepted by your reviewers, um, and it's a, a bit tedious. The case reports are, especially that first one, because you send it in and they come back with a lot of sure. suggestions on improving it. And um, but I think the, you know, my favorite part of the process so far has been, you know, writing that case report and justifying your 
um, decision making with a particular patient case. This was a case that had um, a patient that had, had RK surgery and um, how we manage the contact lens fitting and the, the management of the cornea. And, you know, we all have these, you know, we know that we do X, Y, Z for certain patients, but why do you do it? And you have to dig into the literature and understand sure. that and really, um, you know, you understand more about corneal healing and, um, you know, how contact lenses, the tear film, and, you know, I've really learned a lot that first one, and I have six more to go, so it's a... Right. Uh, so um, are you on track process. to complete this by next year? Or it's a five-year process, five and years. this is year one for me. So okay. um, hopefully, I you know have to get six more case reports in four years. Yeah. Yeah. So I hopefully I'll stay on track. Yeah. Jason, in the contact lens area, how many diplomates are there now? That's a great question. Uh, I have this recollection of. 160. I was going to say 155 is the number. Like that. It's remember. not a lot. It's, it's yeah. a, definitely an arduous process. Um, but again, you know, you think, why would I do this? And I thought the first thing that came to mind was, why would someone like climb the top of Mount Everest? Right. Yeah. You get there just because it's a sense of accomplishment. You yeah. stand up there and you see the world from a different perspective. And I think becoming a diplomat is a lot the same way. It's it's you are literally getting to the pinnacle of your right. profession and just to sit there and, and feel that and know that you have done everything you can do. Right, that's it's cool. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a great Now, of course, if be. you climb to the, the peak of Mount Everest, you, you know, revel in it for a few minutes and then go, oh crap, now I got to climb back down again. Yeah, a little bit of that. You don't have to do that with the <laughs> exactly. process. Yeah. No, then the next thing is they, they'll uh, recruit you to become part of the committees oh, to yeah. work on it. So you yeah. just bought yourself some more work. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The, Welcome to the club. Right. Exactly. Here's your committee. Correct. I wanted to do it um, being a residency advisor. I thought that it was like a good thing for me to be a diplomat if I'm going to train, right. you know, not only it's, you know, students training to be doctors, but I'm training a doctor that wants to be a specialized, yeah. you know, highly trained doctor. And so to me, I think I owe it to my future residents that, um, you know, I want to be the best me that I can be, and right. that's what I'm going to do. Right. Right. That is cool. So, how how did you end up with your resident then? How did you recruit somebody? Yeah. So there was um, uh, another doctor locally that the student had rotated through their practice, and um, they had reached out to us just saying, if you know any doctors that are hiring, mm. you know, this student was one of the best students I've had come through. And um, we had been talking about, you know, starting a residency program and we reached out to him and asked if he would be interested in being our inaugural resident and that's how we went. So yeah. just locally. It's really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a fantastic thing. Yeah. We've talked often about the club, right? The, the, the Cornea Contact Lens Club. You know, that each year there's, you know, 20-ish schools and then some other associated programs that have fellows and such. And so the numbers are on. Mm -hmm. 32 to 40 or something every year and it's a special club as you know that, it really uh, is yeah you have friends and colleagues for life and mm -hmm. yeah definitely. I could not be more grateful for everything that you both have offered me and you know mm -hmm. like opportunities and there's just so many doors in that corneal yeah. contact lens group that um, well know, we've had it amazing. we've had it given to us it's a pay it forward exactly thing. you just you you have people that impact your life and then you just want to turn around and share it yeah. and so, you know, so. I think it's it's very cool being able to mentor and help out somebody. Mm -hmm. you know, it is. To help yeah. light a little fire in them, yeah. give them the support when they need it. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, 
you know, watch them grow. You yep. know, that we had mentioned a, a little bit earlier today that looking through the list of speakers for contact lenses, which is primarily the focus of this along with yeah. instrumentation, that went through the residency program, it was most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. You are pretty plugged into industry. Uh, I mean, you've had relationships yep. over the years with, you know, a variety of companies. Yep. And um, how did you pull that off? I mean, for somebody out there who's like, I, I want to have relationships to where I can work with mm -hmm. companies and be helping, whether it's lecture, whether it's do research, whether it's help with product development. How do you get into that? Yeah, I think that's another one too where there's a lot in your connections and your mentors and being, you know, being willing to stay back when your friends are going to the bar and they're hanging it up for the day, but you go to that extra lecture or you walk the exhibit hall maybe with a mentor rather than all of your friends. Right. Because then all of a sudden you meet someone and then they need something and you mention something and they just need a small project and that's usually how it starts yeah. is just a small project and you do that and then you connect and you kind of go that way. Um, and then also just, you know, being willing to give feedback when, you know, reps come to the clinic and they ask about how's this contact lens? Um, and then you give them honest feedback, constructive feedback in a way that, you know, they can go back and, you know, tell their sort of chain of command on like, wow, this doc is, right. you know, really gets it. And then they reach out. Um, I think um, being willing to, you know, get up and speak in front of your peers. One of the, uh, my favorite ways, even still, to uh, interact at the academy is to submit case reports or posters. You know, you get up, you talk for 15 minutes, um, you give some feedback, and then again, that opens even more doors because more people see you on the podium. And, um, you know, a 15 minute talk is very doable, yeah. even for a new speaker. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I think that's the way, and, you know, not being afraid to ask um, a company, like, I have an idea or I have this question. And, right connecting with them at the meetings. Like, work I know from having worked with you on projects through the years, what industry's looking for is, A, they'd like people to do projects, but even more importantly, is they want to work with people that will complete projects. <laughs> right. Because so many of them get started and they're interested and then they figure out, well, this is a lot more work than doing an exam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the paperwork and it's, you know, it's a hassle, but it's fulfilling. It is, yeah, it is really. and. Um, yeah, I can't even say more than that. Like just the ability to complete those projects, again, put your tiny marks on the profession and you know, eventually a big mark, hopefully. Right. And, um, yeah, the projects, and the projects really teach you other things because all of a sudden you start thinking outside the box and now you know, you're thinking bigger right. than just that contact right. lens. Right, right. You know, I was thinking today I ran into somebody and, and one of the things I always tried to do in practice was to be really friendly to the sales reps. Mm -hmm. You know, not antagonistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just trying to make a living for their yeah. families and themselves. And then I didn't figure this out for like 10 years, but it turned out to be really good because it turns out the sales rep becomes a district rep, uh, a regional rep, yeah. a vice president of company. And they remember that you were really nice to them, not right. like the other people, right? Mm -hmm. and so I share that tip with people all no, the that, time. And, and yeah. what's funny is I think if I remember back, there was a day, right when you first started practicing with me, mm -hmm. when some young whippersnapper, I think named Bill Shelley, came to town yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> and took Brooke and I to dinner, just you know, yeah. to represent right. Alden, mm -hmm. and, right. and we talked, and 
I think it wasn't more than about a year later we were working on developing yeah. lenses with yep. them. And yep. It just all came from saying How yes to going to dip. Right? Yep. Definitely. It was I won't deny that. Amazing. Yeah, that was that was a great I remember it and there is a picture on my Facebook that I posted and yeah. it comes up every year and we have to tag each other, the three right. of us, every year. Right. So yeah. You'll impact a lot of people like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you do for sure. Yeah. For those of you that know Bill, he's, uh, he's really uh, a very prominent force within the specialty uh, contact for sure. field. Yeah. So what what special things are you involved in right now that special you can talk things. about? Um, special things. Um, are you, well, my daughter turns five next month. Wow. <laughs> Boy, that, that happened quick, huh? Yeah, that does. That does. Yeah. And, um, so you're talking school next year. We oh, are talking, year. yeah, next kindergarten year. next year, yeah. Right. So we're looking at schools locally, wow. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing some work alongside Jason, and you know, we're always brainstorming about what's next, um, in particularly with the Zen Lens, and so we're coming up with um, ideas around that, and um, uh, we're hoping to do some myopia studies at the clinic, yeah. and um, I'm kind of spearheading that uh, since I'm the first myopia control sort of advocate at Vance Thompson. Um, and uh, just doing lots of local education too. Um, so that's, that's great. I guess, yeah, I mean, special things, like how do you quantify special? You well, know, those I, are over and above the normal course of the day, right? Yeah. right? That, that to me would qualify as special and unusual yeah, rather than, you know, just eight to five counting off the patients yeah. till five o'clock. I think right now, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, working on the diplomate is probably my main focus and a very, you know, even through the hard work, you know, very fulfilling and so I really kind of treasure that time when I can step away from the family and work and just put some time into the laptop and yeah. uh, read and, and get better in that way um, yeah. to me that you know it's very fulfilling so you're in a you know you're in an interesting spot at Vance Thompson vision partly because there's probably no other ophthalmology group ODMD group that shares the same approach that they share to the extent that they do it. I mean, for those people Interprofessionally, you mean. Oh, my right. goodness. Yeah. Just, they, they do the referral thing. Perfect. Yeah. Perfectly. Um, but not only that is you've got Vance Thompson himself, who's also, I believe, the chief medical officer for Euclid, yeah. the yeah. Ortho-K Lens Company. Mm -hmm. And so what an opportunity to build something, again, unique mm -hmm. and i know your brain's probably churning you said myopia so i'm like yeah what other ophthalmology yeah. practice is going to want to dive into myopia mm -hmm. management studies yeah. that's a very unique situation and there's probably going to be some opportunities that you might have there that you wouldn't have correct you know if you were just on your own yeah. or in an od practice or at a different setting so and yeah it's amazing to be where i'm at because of my special interest in myopia they were like yeah let's go like hit the ground running, let us know what you need along the way. And um, so again, being with somebody that can help support you with team members, right. and people yeah. who can write research protocols and helping you find meaningful endpoints. Yeah. Um, that is you know, super valuable uh, yeah. so resources. Like, historically, on, for better or worse, most of our MD, OMD colleagues were anti-ortho-K and anti-myopia sure. management, it's, you know, it's not real or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and it's good to see that changing some. So it benefits everybody. Yeah. So within Vance Thompson Group, are there 
often referrals to optometrists or do they mostly go to yeah so so there are outside <laughs> optometric referrals to other optometrists within the system that might have some subspecialty that yeah so um i personally get a lot of referrals for contact lens fits from right. the local docs um, and i've even had a few um, myopia control referrals for um, orthokeratology we try and keep it so that if there's something a local doctor could do um, we want them to do it so right. for example a soft bifocal lens we would encourage them to do that and i would say hey i'm here if you need me right. but you can do this where orthokeratology, again, just a little bit more time and, and uh, education involved in that. And so we are, I am fitting ortho-K lenses there. But again, if a doc called me up and said, can you help me do this? Then the answer would be yes, of course. Right. Like, can I swing by and see some patients with you? Um, and uh, so again, the we, we do get referrals for contact lens fits and even some dry eye patients too. You know, right. they'll come in a referral with my name on it. Right. Um, and, well, that was uh, gonna lead in, cause I wanted to ask, how is the building now of the referral network? You know, it takes time. It does, right? it does. I'd like to think you'd land in town, put the stake down and go, I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But it just doesn't work that way, right? Yeah, the, um, we do get out and we visit local docs, you know, from a surrounding area, maybe a couple hours and go visit their practices and just learn more about what they need. And, you know, if the conversation of contact lenses come up, we certainly, you know, dive into that. Right. And um, again, talk about, if you want some help, let me know. Um, if you don't want to do it, then I'm here. Right. Send them over. Well, to Jason's point, that's doing the referral network thing the right way, right? Right. That, that um, working together, trying to build those relationships, mm -hmm. you know, not trying to take on things that could be handled by them, but helping them instead. And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, I, okay, I have a story. Okay. And Brooks heard it before, I'm sure, but um, some years ago when we were still practicing together, uh, I took a drive to Sioux Falls to shadow for a day and see how they do this. Yes, yeah. I remember that. And uh, the, fr you know, of the of the many things I remember, one of which was the minute we walked in, we were handed a copy of the book that everybody in the office was reading together mm -hmm. on patient satisfaction or or marketing, you know. Right. Um, to the walk from the back of the from the front or from the uh, reception area to the back of the office, how every tech we passed greeted us by our names because mm -hmm. they knew we were coming. Right. They were. But you had not met them before. But never. They, no, I have no clue who these people, but everybody knew, hi, Dr. Jedlicka, welcome to yep. the practice yep. today. To um, to overhearing a patient call with a uh, an urgent need of like a red eye and wanting to come in and and hearing the the technician basically say, uh, "Well, actually, um, who you know who's your well?" They knew who their doctor was because they pulled them up in their system. And said, "How about if I call doctor so and so and get you an appointment today with them, and you can go see them?" Because we don't really do that. Right. They literally called the doctor's office to schedule this patient to be seen by somebody else. Wow. But that's the that's the distance you go, and and, and you know so the, the the referrals then just. You say, how do you, you put your stake and you hope they come? Well, they come because the history has been built already. And so, yeah. again, it's a perfect place mm -hmm. to yeah. be in. And especially in, con in specialty contact lenses, because those patients are more high need, high touch, hand holding anyway. And so to go to a practice where I can already do the things I've been doing like that, you know, patient phone calls or return emails and just knowing that if my 
team members interact with my patients, that they're going to get that same sort of high touch, high hand holding experience and that they're going to you know, feel good about their experience with the technician and yeah. um, where I'm used to doing it more on my own, but having more people there to um, just because it was a smaller team in Minnesota, but so, having that, you know, this, this interaction with patients, we always talk about it. I mean, that tried to practice it right in the practice and so on, but I'll share with you an experience. So my optometrist that would take care of me, uh, who I was an SCCO grad and joined us at the clinic and then later on started her own practice. But yeah, she was phenomenal, right? The most personable, she had this ability, she used the scribe. And the way she used the scribe was she was talking to me the whole time but she wasn't talking to me. She was describing to describe exactly what's going on. Oh, but I thought she tip. was talking to me. Right. You know, Craig, you have, you know, the onset of one people cataracts, you know, and blah, 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 of your age. And, and not right now I'm taking a look at the back of the eye and it appears that the back of the eye is normal, right? That wasn't so much for me. It was the normal <laughs> thing over by the scribe, right? And I just loved her. I loved going yeah, there. I loved the way too. it operated. Well, so she retired, right? Mm -hmm. And they referred me to somebody else in their practice. And I went to see them, and when I left, I said, uh, said, you want to schedule an appointment for a year? And I said, I will. And then by the time I got to the car, I'm thinking, I'm probably looking around. You know, that it was just so different, that yeah. there wasn't the hand-holding, mm -hmm. there wasn't any connect, there wasn't a connection, I guess that's what mm -hmm. I want to say. And if there wasn't a connection, why wouldn't I look for somebody else, yeah. right? Right. No, I, I, I love having a student in the room with me. Yeah. Because it gives me an excuse to verbalize what I see when I examine. Yeah. And and then So it's and like off, having a scribe, right? It is. Yeah. Well it is, but but even it's it's if I just sit there and say this aloud and it's just me and the patient, they think, what's this guy's problem? Why right. is he saying right. this stuff out loud? But if there's another person I'm talking to, they overhear it. A lot of times I'll even say, I'm gonna tell so and so what I see. If you have any questions about what I say let me know and I'll right. be happy to clarify. And it gives you an opportunity for the patient to see that you're, what all you're actually doing, right. you know? And they take, wow, that, you're checking all of that. And yes. What did that mean when you said one plus MGD, you know? Can you clarify that so I understand? Sure, well you have this problem with your eyelids. It's just, right. it's a great opportunity. And uh, again, I, I learned when I visited Vance Thompson Vision that day that after uh, I, I sat on a patient that John Birdall saw, and he dictated back to the referring optometrist in the f in the presence of the patient. Yeah. So the patient knew what was being told to their yeah, doctor, exactly. and they had the opportunity to listen and then ask questions. Now you told my doctor I had cataracts. Can you tell me more about that? You know, and I thought, wow, that's a great way for the patient to kind of get yeah. a wrap up is to actually verbalize what's going on yeah. in front of them. Yeah, terrific. So speaking of wrap up, we're about to wrap this up. Already? Yeah, I know. It seems like we could go on. And so, um, Brooke, um, do you have anything else additional you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, just that you know, if you're thinking about getting involved in specialty lenses, I think it is practice changing, life changing, career changing. And, um, you know, I think back to my time in Minnesota and I think about the relationships I built with those patients um, because of, you know, the way we change the way they see. And I mean, it's just, there is no reason to jump in with specialty lenses and there are so many resources to learn and get better and start no matter what stage right. of career you're at that 
Um, there should be no hesitancy. I know. Like, I know both of you guys can relate to this, but when you think back about your last week or so in the practice before you moved and people showing up, right? People showing up, I had people schedule when I was leaving the clinic to go to Michigan College of Optometry that didn't even really need an exam yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just to say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It really is fantastic. A flood of emails, um, you know, saying goodbye. And uh, so, yeah, definitely. And I'm happy to build those relationships where I'm at now, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's just... It is, it is the best way to connect with your For sure, for sure. Well, Brooke Messer, what a guest. What do you think, Jason? Um, well, I did have one thing I wanted to say, Craig, okay. and that is those clear plastic frames you're wearing. Yeah. I love the way they carry the blue neon from the May I Interrupt sign. Ooh, I see a blue ring. That's really yeah. good. I like yeah. that. You need to wear those whenever we're on the set. Because I okay. really enjoy. It good. Yeah, it's just and, one more way the blue neon okay. accentuates your look. So right? exactly, who do you think you are now talking about on the set? <laughs> what do you mean on the set? We're a couple of, of schlubs in front of a camera. <laughs> Maybe you, man. Maybe you. Not me. <laughs> so, Brooke Messer, she's the greatest. Jason Jedlicka, <laughs> he's the greatest. the greatest. I'm Craig Norman. I'm adequate. Thank you for very much for watching. May I interrupt? And stay tuned for future episodes. Uh, Thank you, Oculus, for this opportunity to do this. You. Don't forget the merch. Merch. Ask, ask, ask. No. <laughs>